this input that's coming in is now now combined with all this other emotional and contextual kind of stuff to make a decision of whether this this input this message coming in is important enough to produce pain to result in pain so i think one thing i would say is focus on anything but pain or worry or fear or stress so here's the question how do runners like us remain active get stronger and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hey, runner, before we get into this episode, I want to know, have you ever wanted to run at your most confident and strongest without having to think or spend time wondering what you need to do for workouts so you can stay sane running and feel good about yourself again? Well, that's exactly what I help runners do in the Healthy Runner Strength Program. For 18 years, I've been helping runners get stronger all over the world who struggle with reoccurring injuries or those that struggle with knowing exactly what exercises to do to improve their running. I myself am an adult onset runner and suffered the common running injuries that many get like hamstring pain, knee pain, and plantar fasciitis. It wasn't until I figured out how to strength train in order to run that I was able to stop getting injured and was able to hit PRs and run 23 half marathons over the past nine years. All the while maintaining my mental sanity by getting in my daily stress relieving runs. This program is perfect for the dedicated runner who constantly gets injured during training cycles or the beginner runner who doesn't know what to do to strengthen their body for running. I see a lot of runners who are coming back from an injury and don't know how to train differently now that they are weaker than they used to be and they want to come back stronger than they were before. Here's how the program works. This 12-week strength training program will take 60 to 90 minutes of your dedicated time, two to three times a week, that you will improve your confidence and strength without having to wonder what to do for workouts in order to run, to maintain sanity through structured, running-specific total body workouts. So if that describes you and you want to be able to improve your confidence and get stronger without having to think or spend time wondering what you need to do for workouts so you can stay sane running and feel good about yourself again, just click the link in the show notes to this episode and join the Healthy Runner Strength Program today and let's take your running to the next level. Without further delay, let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode 47 on the Healthy Runner podcast as we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group with two very special guests of mine today to answer this question, why do I hurt when I go for a run? So today we have Dr. Jay Meyerson and Dr. Jay Grimes from Partners for Rehab Excellence to help educate us all about pain and why we feel it as runners. So welcome to the show, fellas. Thanks for having us, Dwayne. We're yeah, thanks for having here. us. Very, uh, very excited to be here. Looking forward to a nice, uh, nice talk. So have you ever been on a run and your foot starts hurting? Or have you felt on cloud nine during your run, but you have this stubborn pain after your run that just doesn't go away? 
So it's time to really understand why we get pain and if you will make your pain worse by pushing through it during your run. So just some of the questions you may be wondering right now during a run, if you're listening to this during your run is, why do I feel pain while running? Or why does running hurt so much? Or does running ever stop hurting? So in this episode, J&J or J squared are going to educate us all about pain and, and what it is, as well as share some tips for how we can manage this pain response we may be feeling while running. So guys, let's get started with our dynamic warm-up. Uh, this is the first question we ask all of our guests. So we will start with uh, Jay Meyerson. Tell us, where are you from and what do you do? I'm Jay Meyerson, physical therapist in Connecticut, also leader of clinical development. I have the pleasure of being an adjunct faculty at Sacred Heart and Quinnipiac University in the PT program. And uh, I help active moms and dads stay healthy, pain-free, and live a great lifestyle without injury. But my favorite part is when it comes to runners, uh, I myself am a couch to 5K runner, but I get to work with a lot of uh, higher level runners and competitive athletes. So it's great to be on this podcast about uh, pain and how we can manage our own symptoms and know when and where and how to push through or not to push through. Hey man, we're happy to have you here for sure. Uh, I know this is going to be a good talk. I'm really looking forward to it. I know this is an area of expertise for you. So I am super pumped to have you on. So Dr. Jay Grimes. Yeah, Dwayne, thanks again. Very excited to be on. Uh, so I am Jay Grimes. I'm a, a faculty member in the DPT program at Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut. And I'm also the residency program director there at Sacred Heart. Uh, I continue to treat on a per diem basis as uh, as I can, and uh, alongside with Jay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a co-partner in the Partners for Rehab Excellence, which is geared towards, uh, you know, providing continuing education for clinicians and, and trying to really optimize just a healthy, healthy work-life balance and uh, and 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 enhancing quality care, you know, as as best we can, to uh, to folks across the country. So very excited to be here. As far as my uh, my running experience, I actually have Dwayne to thank as far as kind of getting my butt in gear and get me moving a little bit. I actually remember it was during our uh, PhD years and um, as, as PhD life would have it, I, I wasn't really doing much, just kind of sitting on my butt quite a bit. And, uh, and he kind of gave me that kick in the butt that I needed to get moving a little bit. So I'm not, uh, I'm not raking in any crazy mileage, but I've definitely been, uh, been actively working to increase mileage. Uh, over the past, uh, I've been pretty consistent. I'd say pretty consistent for about three years now. Yeah, no, you've been very consistent. I've been proud of you, man. I've been very, very proud. So as uh, Jay mentioned, Jay was like my uh, PhD wife going through uh, right. six years of PhD uh, hell as we went through it. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that we like to uh, reduce stress is go out for some runs. So we did our PhD down in Florida, uh, Nova Southeastern University. So it was always nice to get away from Connecticut, uh, get the warm weather, go out for a nice little run. And now uh, Jay is like my conference buddy. So we uh, travel the country. Uh, we've been able, fortunate enough to visit some great cities. So, and all those times, honestly, are like memorable times, whether we ran in Chicago, San Antonio, um, New Orleans. So we've been to some cool places and uh, Jay Grimes is kind of my guy when I'm at conferences, uh, we're doing work there. We get out there for a little mental clearing run, just like many of you are doing uh, during this difficult time of COVID. And Dr. Jay Meyerson, um, him and I have known each other for a very, very long time. We've actually taught in um, a DPT program together for like eight years. So we've been teaching classes together to entry-level DPT students. And um, he's a wealth of knowledge. 
I'm like super, super pumped to honestly have both of you on. The only thing I really need to know is like, why did it take so long? Like this is literally <laughs> episode 47. Yeah. Like, where were long. you guys at episode, you know, five or episode eight? Like why did it take so long? Watching from a distance, preparing. <laughs> we were just checking things out. We were just just bystanders, checking it out, making sure you were uh, you were doing good stuff as you as you have all along. But uh, happy to be here now. Better better late than never, as they say, right? Yeah, you just want, didn't want to make sure I flopped, right? You're That's like, right. I yeah, want yeah, to get yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. We figured we let the fan base build up a little bit before we uh, committed some time. You know. I love it. I love it. Um, so for those of you who are here on the live stream or watching the replay, I'm just curious to see how many of you have been on a run and you've experienced pain in an area of your body before. Um, if you've ever experienced pain, I think most of us probably have, just type pain into the comment box. And as we're going on today, guys, if you have any questions at all, these guys are like the experts, right? Like, not only are they good, good friends of mine, like seriously, these are my closest PT colleagues that I do have, um, but they are so well-respected within our physical therapy profession. And honestly, there are like no other people that I would recommend um, you ask a question to than these guys right here. So they know their stuff from a clinical standpoint, as well as research standpoint, um, as well as educational standpoint. So let's get into this here. Let's uh, let's spark it off, as we uh, as we like to say here. Uh, so Jay Meyerson, what is pain and what does it mean? So like, why do I hurt when I go for a run? Well, let's let's back it off and kind of talk a little bit about what pain is. So I'm not going to sit here and quote the definition from the International Association of the Study of Pain, but Here's what pain is. It's basically the brain's reaction to an input or a stimulus in the body. So what does that mean? In our body, throughout all our different tissues, we have all these receptors. And these receptors respond to different loads. Now, some loads could be mechanical. Some loads could be the chemical buildup in there. And other loads could be temperature, but that really doesn't correlate to running at all. What happens is when this information from hitting the road from the terrain we're on, from the sneakers we're wearing, from weaknesses, from everything else. That information goes into our body, up into the brain, and the brain makes the decision, hey, does this hurt or not? But here's the thing, and this is what's frustrating. You can't predict if something's gonna hurt or not if there's no injury. So every tissue of your body, everything has its own threshold. So think about it as kind of someone that bugs you a lot. They're asking you to do something over and over again. And some people could deal with it for weeks, for hours, for months, but then eventually you snap, you reach the threshold. So what happens is whatever mechanical or chemical stimulus that we're talking about, whether it's possible all these inflammatory mediators from running, it could be just too much load on a tissue because the muscles are not strong enough. But once it reaches that threshold, a response is gonna be sent up and the patient might have, or the runner might have a little bit of pain. But your next question basically is what does this mean? Pain is not always a problem. And that's kind of the misnomer that everyone thinks. That when something hurts, you can't push through it. Or when something hurts, you should push through it. So if you fall and you twist your leg and there's bones sticking out, that's bad pain. I think that's the obvious thing right there. That's pain that's reminding you that there's a problem uh, if you have pain where you could barely put weight on the leg, that's a problem. But otherwise, in just your repetitive issues, in your minor strains and sprains, or your muscle pain, it's just kind of a warning sign that says there's something going on. So we don't know what that means yet. 
So your next question that you asked me is, why do I hurt when I go for a run? Well, that's simple. I have a million answers. And if you want to go on this podcast for another couple of days, we can keep going. It hurts because you run, because that tissue has reached its capacity for load. And now the receptors in your body are firing and your brain perceives that as harm or threatening. So that could be one easy answer. The other easy answer is there could be a million other things going on in your life. Uh, one could be your diet, your sleep habits, your, uh, your nutrition. Are you osteopenia, is it osteoporosis? Are you wearing the right footwear? Did you have an awful day that you're stressed out of your mind and everything's amplified? So unfortunately, all these other factors are like volume dials that could take something that hurts a little and make it a lot worse or take something that hurts a lot and make it a little. So I know I didn't even answer your question. How do you like that? That was like a five minute tangent to not answer your question. But basically to sum it up, pain is a warning sign that comes from your body when it's overloaded or possibly underloaded on tissues that could be sensitive. What does it mean? It means that you should regulate that something's going on and then think about the whole context of what, of what it is. Is this gonna hurt me? Is this gonna harm me? And then the next thing is, why do I hurt when I go for a run? Oh, we have, we're gonna dive into that a lot more. And I know Jay's gonna take us deeper into there. Oh, thank you. No, I think that was very, very helpful. I love how you kind of set the table and one of the things that I think you said that's very important is that it is this signal that our brains are perceiving and not necessarily related to the amount of tissue damage. So I know you guys are going to talk about that more, but I think that's an important concept for many runners out there to think about because a lot of times in a lot of the injured runners that I see at least, um, you know, you have an injury and you think that, that that tissue or that specific injury is the reason or the only reason that they're experiencing the amount of pain that they're experiencing. And then I also liked how you talked about the other factors that are involved. And I know myself, if I don't get good sleep, if I'm stressed out, like last week was like big launch week for me and I didn't get a lot of sleep. I unfortunately didn't get to go for a run for three days and my back was killing me. So I think that is definitely an important component that many people don't realize. And I love how that you uh, mentioned that. So Jay Grimes. Yes, sir. So why does running hurt so much? Yes, that's a great question. And, and you know, you've already commented on all the people that are watching live right now that have experienced pain with running. We know that approximately 40 to 55% of runners this year will sustain an injury, right? So annually, we know that it's, it's a big number, right? It's, even if it's 35% of runners, annually, that percentage or more will, will sustain an injury. And, and folks will have pain. So, so we know that, that pain with running is common. And I think if, if we really break it down on, on a, again, because there's so much at play here, if we try to break that down, you know, we're dealing with a complex biomechanical event and task when we think about running, right? We've got, we've got motion coming from multiple joints, multiple parts of the body. We've got lots of muscles working to contribute to that motion. And especially when we're trying to go for, for performance, you know, we're trying to improve time or distance or anything like that. We've got a lot of things going on here. And there's a lot of repetition, there's high repetition. So when you think about a complex biomechanical task, lots of joints, lots of tissues at play, and a lot of repetition, that all kind of leads to high load. And I think Jay already alluded in that, in that first response, 
to typically, it's easy to think of pain as a possible indication that you've exceeded tissue capacity, right? You've, you've overloaded tissues. So I think, um, you know, again, it comes down to load and it comes down to the nature of running is duration and repetition of a, of a, of a pretty repetitive task, right? So, and we, we got a lot of tissues at play here. So I think those are, are key contributions. I think we also like to think, or at least consider a variety of other factors. And, and a lot of the, the literature will talk about, you know, maybe three broad categories of additional factors. Those being, you know, your training factors, your biomechanical factors, and then your anatomical factors, right? And, and we know that especially with novice runners, the majority of running related injuries in that novice population tends <laughs> to get chalked up to training errors. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more as, as we go through the call. And, and certainly I know, you know, through your work, Dwayne, and, and obviously the Healthy Runner podcast and the Healthy Runner group, you know, I think a lot of that discussion probably hinges on some of the training recommendations and, and, and approaches. So, so we know that's a big piece. I like to look at those training as well as biomechanical factors, the things that I think as a PT, as an exercise scientist, as a run coach, as a trainer, those things can probably be addressed and, and, and hopefully make some improvements to make tissue more resistant to load and to stress, right? Because then that's how we're going to hopefully negotiate injury and pain is by making tissue stronger, making tissues more resilient. Um, so I think, I think those are key factors to consider. And then I think also we have to just think about that progressive loading, right? So pain, true pathological pain versus soreness that we typically associate as normal when we're doing an unaccustomed activity, right? We all know that if, if we haven't, you know, played football with our college buddies since we were at Quinnipiac and we go out and we try to do it next weekend, I think we all say, you know what, I'm going to be sore the next day when I, when I, you know, get off the, you know, the field at Quinnipiac and I, and I try to get out of bed the next morning, I'm, I'm going to be pretty sore. That's normal. And again, that's just, our bodies are not accustomed to that load. And I think with running, that's going to happen as we try to progress, as we try to increase mileage or, or increase our speed or anything else where you're trying to be progressive in that nature, you got to do it at the right dosage. And I think loading and dosage is, is, is the magic bullet. You know, we don't have all those answers, but I think it lies somewhere in there that, you know, we got to find that sweet spot for how we progressively dose and gradually increase to build, to continue building tissue tolerance and resiliency. Oh, so excellent, excellent point. And I know this was one of the things that I really wanted to, and actually Jay Meyerson and I, we actually took the same run coaching course um, together and got certified as run coaches. And like, wasn't that course just like awesome because like Jay and I have been treating injured runners for many, many, many years. And one of the biggest factors to most runners getting injured is kind of improper training loads, right? It's increasing speed at the same time that you're increasing mileage or ramping up too fast and going from literally running zero miles a week to running 20 miles a week. And that's the reason why I took the course. I know that's why Jay wanted to take the course and just to be able to help, you know, runners basically prevent that too far ramp up that you're talking about is of too much load. And I like how you brought up the distinction between pathological pain, like an injury, I guess, versus our bodies adapting to a new activity. So like your example, throwing the football around and your shoulders really like sore or be 
throw the baseball around your backyard with your kid and you haven't done it, you know, us like old, you know, middle age guys now are rotator cuffs, you know, might not be able to handle uh, throwing a baseball that much. I know I threw, I'm, I don't remember what ball it was. I was throwing, I was having to catch someone. I was like, oh my goodness, my shoulder is so sore. It's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm glad that's not only happening to me, but yeah, I think that's a key <laughs> distinction that, that pathological pain versus soreness due to adapting to, to physical stresses. And, and that's, and that's okay. Um, yeah. I think, I think all good stuff. Uh, I, you know, I think, um, you know, that old, they, they like to use that expression, like too much, too soon, too fast. Right. And, and most of those errors can be somewhere in that realm of too much, too quickly, too soon, whatever it might be. So yeah, those are some key things to keep in mind. So Dwayne, before you call me out on it, because I know you, I know what's going in your head. This is, yeah, this is where we're going. It's I, going I know there. where you're going with this. I, I'll tell the 5K story. I, I know <laughs> you prompted me before. <clears throat> so I'm a couch to 5K runner. I like to get out there. Running for me is just to feel good and to lose weight. I'll tell you this. Every time I run, I just feel great. Like I lose my belly. I just have energy. It's kind of for me, but I really kind of capped myself at 5Ks. And then, you know, within the past eight years working with Dwayne, he's pushing me, you know, you got to do a 10K, you got to do a half. <laughs> Shut up, Dwayne. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> hey, look, I got, I got this strength program. I know, Dwayne, it's great. All right, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, so uh, I started off like, if I'm going to run a 5K, I want to have fun doing it. So I ran the 5K brew race. That's it. I said it, the 5K brew race. Here's what it is. You run a 5K, you end at a brew fest. It's great. You work hard, play hard. It's one of the greatest things that you could do. So that year, I just picked up and did it. And guess what? I couldn't run a 5K without stopping. I was so pissed at myself. I'm like, I could do this. Like, how could I not do this? I couldn't. And it's like my body just shut down. So I learned a lot from that. Well, I learned that I don't really like beer that much, because if I did, I would have ran faster and got there. But, <laughs> but I also realized that the mileage, my body wasn't ready for it. So I didn't stop the race because I was having foot pain, ankle pain, or knee pain. It's just, it's kind of like I ran out of gas. So then I thought about it. Well, what if I kept going? Running on a body that's not working efficiently. I'm compensating. I'm sweating. I'm a mess. It's a disaster right here. So... Then next year, um, you know, my, my, well, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, she, she's like, let's do it together. We'll train for it. And she's like a half marathon runner. She doesn't have to train for it. So here's where the story gets good. <laughs> I trained for a 5K for like a month, really putting in the work, doing my strengthening, working on my dynamic warmups, my, my plyos. I'm ready to go. I'm lean, mean, ready to run. So she's like, you know, let's run together. So having my wife run with me is, is great, but I'm so much slower than her. So like I'm running it like she's pacing herself to me, which is like a snail. So make a long story short at the end, 0.1 mile away. I see that finish line. I turn on the afterburners, give it all I can. I cross that finish line. Boom. Not only do I cross that finish line, I complete my run without stopping. I'm so happy. I make the paper. I make the paper because it says, I run because I like beer. <laughs> Not only do I make the paper, she's wearing the same shirt as me, but she bought it, but she liked it. The way I'm positioned in the picture, I'm blocking her out. You can't even see her. 
<laughs> not only did I beat her in time, I blocked her out and I made the paper. So let's put it this way. It's a very sore subject. So I hope she's not listening right now, but I know she's going to watch on the replay. So Dwayne, I'm staying at your Dude, house man. or in your garage yeah, for a couple you're, weeks. You're in trouble, man. I'm sorry you're to tell trouble. you, but uh, Justine Meyerson just uh, jumped on the live. There so. you go. You <laughs> caught <laughs> busted. <laughs> busted. <laughs> you're yeah, sleeping above the garage tonight, buddy. Uh, Okay. Thanks for jumping but, on, Jesse. Hopefully, uh, Jason, <laughs> truthful here. I love how the shirt was her idea. That's that's even better. Like it was her idea. But she think, should have been in the paper. I think the the best part about the story was, uh, you know, you got to plan, you got to train, you got to prepare. It's like everything else. You guys talked about having a sore shoulder, so I'm not telling you just to not go out there and run. But if you have a goal, you got to set up a plan. So I, that's kind of my big take home for that. And uh, I didn't get injured and I felt great. Nice. So Jay Grimes, does running ever stop hurting? Yes, it does. It does. Right. Yes, it, it yes. can. Right. So, and, 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 and again, this is where you've, you've got to consider all of those factors at play and, 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 and anticipate that there'll likely be an injury or two along the way. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, it comes with the territory, but does, does running pain ever stop? Yes, yes. You can you can run without without pain, and you can run without hurting. And you know, we, I talked before about the the prevalence of of running related injuries, and and that does happen, and and that's maybe disappointing news. But here's the good news: very few of those injuries, very few of those folks typically seek medical care or well, medical advice, but more so medical care for those injuries, right? So th that's a big it's it's a big broad number for that, but very few of those folks typically routinely seek medical care. And about 70% of those injuries resolve within 10 days. So it's, you know, yeah, injuries might happen, but the good news is that when they do happen with some good advice, you typically don't need extensive, aggressive treatment. You just need to be doing the right things. Recovery is part of that. I'm going to talk a little bit about recovery in this answer and, uh, and keep in mind that typically within a short period of time, you should be back and, and, and back at the previous level as you as you work towards getting back there. So yes, I think the key here is that the body is uh, is very well designed, and luckily for us, the body is able to respond to the stresses that are imposed upon it. Right. So again, if we go back to that load, if you're not loading, your tissues are not going to be very happy with that new stress. But if you work to gradually increase that load and get those tissues acclimated to that then the body responds and the body will adjust to that. So that's fantastic. Think of a couple everyday examples. Um, take a sunburn, for example. I'm kind of a little bit on the fair skin side. I'm used to getting sunburned, right? Um, you go out in the sun a little bit too much that first beautiful day in the spring. You're probably gonna get a little sunburn, right? You're gonna get a little sunburn. It's gonna hurt for a couple of days, but then what happens after that pain resolves? You know, your skin gets a little bit tougher. It gets a little bit more resilient to those bright rays and you go out the next time, you could probably tolerate that sun for a little bit longer. You know, you, you build up a tan. Talking about the anatomical factors, I don't tan as well. My tan will never be as nice as, as Dwayne's tan, but um, <laughs> you know, that's life. That's one of those anatomical factors that I, I don't have a lot of control over. I gotta blame my mom and dad for that one. But, um, but you know, again, the, the body responds. The body's gonna respond to that. Another example, you go out raking, right? You haven't raked in nine months. You go out, do some raking, you pick up a rake, you rake the yard for a couple hours, you go inside, you got blisters on your hands, right? Just It's going to happen. Your hands were not used to that stress. Now you got some blisters. 
Well, what happens? You know, it's a windy couple of days and your backyard's a mess again. So you go out four days later, you're raking again. And this time you come inside and instead of blisters, you have calluses there. Well, how did that happen? Well, again, your, your body was now a little bit more prepared. It was a little more prepared for that stress. So instead of blistering, it now just produced calluses, right? So the body will respond and the body will respond in the same fashion to stresses imparted through running, right? So on your foot, on your knee, on your hip, you know, most of these injuries are at the knee. And we think about all those biomechanical factors that are converging at the knee due to the ankle foot and due to the hip and anything else that's contributing from above or below. But the majority of these injuries are typically at the knee with patellofemoral pain being probably the big dog there. And, and, and Dwayne, certainly you could uh, throw in some other, some other examples there, but I think those are good things to think about. It's about the load. The body will respond to the load. Uh, I, I feel like we're still searching for the, the perfect solution on loading. I know that 10% rule has been, has been talked about. And I think that's maybe a guide, but I feel like we've got to be a little bit flexible on that, Dwayne. I'm curious, curious to hear your thoughts on that. I think, you know, 10% for someone who's running three miles a week is a very different ball game than 10% for someone who's doing 30 miles a week. So I know that model has been put out there as a guide. I, I think it's been reason within uh, some flexibility. That's, that's maybe a good guide. Last thing I'll talk about, and, and Dwayne, if you want to talk any more about that, um, recovery. I think, Jay, you alluded to this. Some of those other factors, right? If, if you're going to continue to progress with a running program, recovery is key, right? Don't, don't neglect the recovery. The recovery is just as important as what you're doing for training. It should be an integral part of the training, typically is a, is a highlight of a training program. Um, things like your diet, you know, nutrition, your sleep, all those things that Jay mentioned before, those are all very important elements in the process of recovery stress management, all of those things, and obviously a well-designed training program that allows or provides for adequate rest. You know, for example, maybe an off day after a long run, like you, you gotta, you gotta know that you, your body needs that rest and recovery. Recovery is huge. If you're going to be in this for the long-term, long-term haul, if you're just trying to go out there for that brew run, you know, do a little 5k run with your, with your wife and just make it to that finish line, you know, you're doing that once a year, then you're all right. You're going to be all right. But if you want to do this for the long haul, you got to certainly be thinking about the recovery. Dwayne, any thoughts on that from those uh, couple ideas? So many good thoughts. I don't even know where to begin. Um, the recovery one, I think, is very, very important. Yeah. I like that you highlighted that. You know, there are many runners who actually started during this pandemic run streaks. I'm not a big fan of the run streak. Um, I, I'm all for things that are going to motivate you to get outside and be active. However, I am a believer that the body does need some recovery, an active recovery. So I rarely ever would, would recommend seven days a week of running. Matter of fact, I had two runners in my clinic last week, and we had that conversation. And at least one day off, like you mentioned, after a long run is definitely very, very important um, to allow that body to recover. And it's not so much to not do something, but you need that recovery in order for your body to heal and adapt in the way that Jay talked about. And I love the callus, that was great. I love how you mentioned calluses, like in the hands or when you're working out. Um, yeah. The only thing I, I ask you is like, why didn't you just put on gloves before you went out and race? <laughs> yeah, I, I, feel like my, I feel like my hands don't work as well when they're covered in gloves, you know? It's, it's kind of like, you know, being in the clinic with, uh, with, with these, uh, these gloves on nowadays. It's, uh, they just don't feel the same to me. So I, I usually just, uh, I don't go with gloves and I know I'm going to pay the price later. It's kind of like, how come I don't put on sunblock? You know, it's kind of the same idea. Well, nice. 
Well, Farmer Tan Jay over there. We'll, we'll have to remember <laughs> that. This would be the perfect time to throw up a picture of him working in the yard. There you go. But, uh, one, one thing that, that ties into recovery is pre-running. Like, what are you doing before your run? So a couple of things that I see that I deal with a lot is I wake up, I slug down my coffee, and I go for a run. Well, if you're just running maybe a mile or two, it's really not going to affect you too much depending on your, your training schedule. But what if you need fuel? Like, what are you eating before? What is your diet like? How many hours of sleep did you have off from that? Did you warm up or did you go cold? Um, you know, if you're going for those long runs, are you using gel packs? Uh, how are you supplementing caloric intake for the run? So I, I know, Dwayne, you've definitely talked about that in many, many other podcasts, but these are all considerations. So the big overarching question is, what is pain? Why do it hurt? Will it go away? Well, yeah. If you have the right training plan, if you have the right warm up, the right cool down, then you could avoid it or lessen it or, you know, prevent it but it's still going to happen from time to time. So if you like to run, get used to it. You're going to hurt at some point, but I hope we can use some part of this podcast to talk about the good pains, the bad pains, the scary pains and the push throughs. Yeah, no, great point. And, you know, again, a lot of beginner runners during the pandemic, if you are feeling pain, there are ways that your body adapts. And I hope you're getting that message across from both Jane J here that your body is an amazing tool. It will adapt. And sometimes you do have to just sprinkle in the proper recovery and then allow that process to occur before just kind of throwing your hands up and saying like, well, this is too painful. I guess I'm not meant to be a runner because if you've listened to any of the other 46 episodes before, you know that I believe that anyone can actually run just like anyone can cook, right? Anyone can run. So you just need to kind of implement the strategies that these guys are talking about and do it kind of the smart way, allow some recovery, and then definitely do a lot of the strategies that we talk about on the podcast. So one of the fairly common things that we see, um, I know Jay Grimes, you had mentioned about pelvic pain or kind of runner's knee and iliotibial band pain, two very, very common kind of conditions that a lot of runners get. We have in-depth podcast episodes on those topics. Uh, for those of you new to the podcast, you can just scroll and check out our in-depth uh, live trainings on those topics. But some runners, as we start to age, may get some degenerative type changes, meaning like maybe you might've went to a doctor and you know they said that maybe you have the knee of like a seven-year-old and you're like 40 something or 50 something, or they might've said like, you maybe have some arthritis or you know, in your future, you might need a total knee replacement. So for those runners out there, uh, Jay Meyerson, who do have some knee arthritis or degeneration, how come some of them hurt and others do not? Good question. Um, I'm going to back that up with just a blanket question, like a rhetorical question. Do runners get arthritis? Or does running lead to arthritis? I think that's like the overarching question. Like if you run, will you get arthritis? Or if you run, will you get arthritis faster or will you get it more? So the real answer is you're going to get arthritis as you get older. I'll repeat it again. You're going to get arthritis as you get older. <laughs> it's going to happen. Whether you are a recreational runner, a competitive runner, or a non-runner, 
you're going to have breakdown in your joints, your knees, your hips, your feet, your ankles, your spine. It's the normal aging process. So uh, I found an article that I reference very often. It's a 2017 article from one of our bigger physical therapy journals, but I'm not going to like talk about statistics and all that. So I'll just get it, make it simple. It's like, thank you. The, so, the, so I actually just emailed it to you, Dwayne. So if you want to share with the group, it's a one page summary of an article that's created by JOSBT. It's basically the association of recreational and competitive runners with hip and knee OA. So here's where I'm going with that. They looked at runners that are recreational runners. You know, it was basically about 10 to 15 miles a week that have been doing it for up to 15 years. They also looked at another group of people that just did not run couch potatoes. And then they looked at competitive runners and they defined that as over 59 miles a week. And this is the outcome that I like to really like hone in on. If you didn't run, if you're just a sedentary person, 10% chance of having osteoarthritis. If you're a recreational runner, three and a half percent chance. So just being a recreational runner, you're gonna have less of a chance of having breakdown in your knees and hips than someone that sits on the couch. So I don't know what's more motivation to prevent arthritis than that. Now, even better, so the competitive runner. I know our big runners out there, our marathon runners, even our half marathons, our ultra marathon runners. Well, what about you? Well, the answer is you're gonna get arthritis too but your number is still less than the couch potato. So actually it's about the same as the couch potato. So the idea is that if you're a competitive runner running 59 or more miles a week, you're gonna have some breakdown. If you're non-runner, you're gonna have some breakdown in your knees. And if you're a recreational runner, you're gonna have the least amount of breakdown. <clears throat> so what can lead to further arthritis? Well, I talked about mileage, how much mileage you're putting in. But the other thing is, repetitive trauma. So if you have some underlying weakness in certain aspects of your body, and if you have some underlying tightness in other aspects, and the mechanics of your running are not as fluid and you're pushing through pain, there's a good chance that all this micro trauma, meaning repetitive stress, can be a precursor to all these many, many injuries that can lead to arthritis sooner. So there's not a million research studies on this, but again, if you're having a little bit of trauma to your knee where you're hurting and you have to back off for a couple of weeks and then it keeps happening over and over again, it can lead to some breakdown of the underlying bone, the cartilage, which could lead to arthritis. But what is one of the best treatments we have? It's basically strength training. Strength training and incorporating a proper flexibility, proper warm up and cool down is one of the best things to do to manage arthritis. Keyword is manage because most people have it anyway. You don't start running and say, hey doc, I need an X-ray, an MRI, and a CAT scan of my whole body. I want you to tell me everything that's wrong with me and then I'll make a decision if I'm gonna to run to the mailbox. No, you don't do that. You run, you run, and then when something hurts, you kind of say, well, what is this? Should I go see my doctor? Should I see a physical therapist? Should I see a chiropractor? And then they take an image and that image, they take that image, they correlate the findings to your exam and see, does it matter? But the idea is that some of the best treatments for prolonging your running career and keeping you out on the road or on a treadmill or wherever you like to run or on the sand is basically strength training, mobility training, and that. So to put a kind of an, uh, uh, a cherry on top of that answer of 
Uh, do runners get arthritis? The answer is yes. So does walkers. So does couch potatoes. So do people that eat ice cream. Everyone that gets older is going to be increased risk for getting it, but it's how you manage it, it matters. And the last point is when looking at these MRI and CAT scans of like marathon runners and their muscle bulk compared to sedentary individuals, they have so much more even in their 70s and 80s. So imagine having all this support, this amazing external support on your joints. So again, by building that up is going to make you feel better, run longer, and prevent injuries. Uh, so are you saying that if you are a runner and you eat ice cream, that doesn't like multiply your risk, does it? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> if it's chocolate, yes. No, no. <laughs> no, and I know we actually had a, a good colleague of yours on the podcast, Dr. Gene Techmeister, talked about this topic of arthritis. So if you do have knee arthritis and you want to learn more about that, check out the episode with Dr. Techmeister because he really delved into the research and he actually talked about that study that uh, Jay brought up as well. Um, so it's a very good study. I think the main take-home point, guys, is if you're sedentary couch potato, you have in more of a risk of getting arthritis than running. So again, the myth that running causes arthritis is debunked, is not true, right? Mythbusters. So <laughs> we're mythbusting here Mythbusters. All right, guys. So next, next question I have for you is, what can I do? So let's say we have a runner who is in pain right now. Let's say they're having some pain. So what can I do to not focus on the pain while I'm running? Yeah, I would say first thing is focus on anything other than pain, right? So, so I think, uh, and uh, this goes back, uh, I don't know, maybe to the first question, I think uh, Jay talked to us a little bit, a little bit about some of those other contextual factors that are all part of the information the brain is processing when it's making a decision about this pain, right? This, this input that's coming in is now, now combined with all this other emotional and contextual kind of stuff to make a decision of whether this, this input, this message coming in is important enough to produce pain, to result in pain. So I think one thing I would say is focus on anything but pain or worry or fear or stress, right? So get on some good music, get on a good podcast, listen to something, keep your mind busy on, on some positive stuff. Um, obviously it makes sense when you're returning to running from an injury, of course, the majority of folks are gonna be thinking about that injury. They're gonna be thinking about that pain. They're gonna be thinking about how far should they go? What can they do? They're gonna be worried about maybe overdoing it. And that's all very natural. That's all human nature. But I would try to recommend trying not to let your mind kind of consume those things. Cause the more your mind is focused on that, all that stuff is going to get ramped up. And then that's almost going to even dominate the, the messaging that's going on there to, to kind of let you know about that pain signal. Um, remember that pain is normal, right? So don't, I think having an understanding of pain is very beneficial and very therapeutic. Uh, on the flip side, completely ignoring pain is, is potentially damaging and detriment, detrimental, right? So you don't want to, you don't want to ignore it and, and having a good understanding is actually therapeutic in itself. So know that that pain is normal and know that running related injuries are fairly common and typically not all that significant or severe. And you're going to get through it. I think remain calm, um, have a plan, right? Have a plan and have hopefully some insight or some advice in building that plan. 
Uh, one of the other recommendations I think is helpful is almost anticipate or, or expect that you may have a flare up just in the event that it does happen. It's a little less frustrating or a little less overwhelming or, or upsetting, I guess. And, and hopefully that kind of helps kind of bring the system down a little bit. So um, I don't want to say, you know, that old, uh, that old saying of kind of expect the worst and hope for the best. I, I don't want to say that, but, but I think if in the back of your mind, you're saying, Hey, listen, I'm going to go out there and do this because this run is actually going to be therapeutic. It's the medicine that I need. This is what I need to be doing. But, you know, I might be a little bit sore afterwards. That, that might happen. And I know what to do if that does happen, right? Have that plan and just be prepared in case, in case it does happen. It's just, it's a backup plan so that, so that things are a little less uh, overwhelming. But yeah, think of, of going for that run as your medicine, as your therapy. Uh, do the right things beforehand and, and, and think about that recovery afterwards. Um, my final thought on this is take some time to reflect or at least consider the thoughts or the beliefs that you currently have in your own mind, right? Cause, cause we all have, we all come with these preconceived <laughs> thoughts or beliefs. And, and I think just take, take a time out and consider those and, and think about, you know, are they helpful? Are they helping you or are they actually maybe hurting you? So are these beliefs and these, these theories that you've kind of been working with, or you've been taught, you know, maybe things that you've heard from, you know, running partners or teammates or friends of yours, or maybe even from running coaches, um, you know, rehab professionals, trainers, you hear a lot of things from a lot of different sources, right? All I got to do now is hop on Google and, and put in a few comments. And I think the running population is, is a big, it's a big number. So you're going to get all sorts of things. Think about those messages and really think, you know, are they helpful or are they more harmful for me right now? And, and try to focus on the things that are helpful, you know, try to, try to downplay, you know, all the negative Nancy's out there and all the, you know, all the negative news and, and, and pessimistic kind of thoughts remain positive um, and kind of think about those, those positive beliefs, you know, those positive stories of overcoming these injuries. Um, but I think the last thing you want to do is, is spend too much time focusing on pain or worry or fear. Uh, instead, folks on the positives um, do, do the smart progressive loading kind of ideas and uh and let the body again let the body heal itself and, and, and take it from there hey Dwayne, can i piggyback on that a little bit absolutely so so one of the things jay said is kind of like thoughts and beliefs so this is what i see a lot with runners and you know this is for the whole group you know healthy runner what if you had a knee injury, knee issue and you went to your doctor and you saw the x-ray of your knee you're sitting next to your doctor and you're seeing the arthritis in your knee. Like what's going through your head? Should I be pounding on this? Is this safe? What will happen? Well, you know, all these thoughts. So I would hate to sit here and say, well, go run. You're going to be fine. So the idea is that if you're nervous about running, if you're, if you're been told by someone that running is bad for your knees, then schedule a consult with a, a local physical therapist or chiropractor or someone that specializes in it. Have them do an assessment of your running and kind of give you the answers of, is this safe or not? Because just because an image shows wear and tear and someone told you you shouldn't, you know, there's so much research out there and anecdotally, you should be running. So reach out to the group. You know, this is kind of like your support group right here. Ask yeah. questions. And if you're not getting the answers, you're still unsure, book an appointment. And we're not even saying just with us, but your local physical therapist. Absolutely. And I like how the main take home that I got 
from what you both talked about really is focus and channeling your focus on more of those positive things and not this kind of negative alarm system bell going off that you have pain. And I like that you talked about, Jay, kind of um, maybe focusing on your breathing. So actually next week, next week's episode, we're going to have our yogi uh, running expert, Rachel, back on the show for a second time. And she's going to actually share with us some actionable strategies you can do for breathing to kind of help relax yourself while you're running if you are feeling some of that pain response that you're talking about so we can kind of calm our bodies down and calm it down. The other thing that I know has helped many runners before, and I actually didn't really find out about this until probably eight years into my running, is like running mantras. But running mantras is something where you're just repeating kind of a positive thought over and over again in your head. So if you guys have ever been to like the end of your race, so let's say you're Jay Meyerson and you're coming at the last 0.1 miles of your 5K. He's like this though. thinking, Thinking about that beer waiting for you at the finish line, right? And you're like, will my legs get me there, right? Or for me, it's like the last two miles of a half marathon where I'm just like... Like, I know my boy Lou is on here. Uh, Lou, we did a virtual half marathon, uh, the Hartford half marathon this fall. And Lou was my, like, he was my man. He was like pacing me. And I had in my head, I was going to repeat something. Usually it's usually like profanity or like, come on, Dwayne, you can do this. Right. So once I heard about this mantra thing, I was like, all right, why don't I practice what I preach? I always say it all the time, stay active, stay healthy and just keep running. So now that's my mantra. So when, when times are getting tough during a race, that's what I just keep repeating in my head, which distracts me from any negative thoughts that I have that either I'm going to fatigue out, I'm going to bonk, I'm not, I don't have enough fluids in me, I didn't do the proper nutrition before this race, or I didn't get enough rest you know, the day before, right? So all those negative thoughts that we can feel as runners, that's completely normal, right? right? And having those kind of positive mantras can also be helpful to channel your focus from you concentrating that your knee is hurting or from you concentrating that your muscles are getting fatigued and they're starting to burn. And you're like, will my muscles keep going? Can I keep my legs moving? So I like that you brought that up. I think channeling our focus away from pain is most important. Yeah. So now, and I think great thoughts, great thoughts on the breathing and the, and the running mantras as well. Yeah. Well, you just need to have those positive thoughts in there. Yeah. So I know uh, Tim says that he, he does mantras. Um, by the way, Tim, thank you so much for your review. I did see that yesterday on Google. So thank you so much. I appreciate all your kind words. And I love to see that you are back to running um, without that hamstring pain. So Latoya does mantras as well. And Lou says mantras. Um, so guys, next question I have for you is why do some runners with weak muscles, specifically in the hip area, um, have knee pain and others don't. So this kind of goes back to the word like threshold and sensitivity. So everyone's nervous system, everyone's body, everyone's tissue could only tolerate a certain amount of load before it reaches that response and they get that, the message goes into the brain and they get that signal saying, ouch. So many things can lead to that. Uh, injury can make something a little bit more sensitive. Uh, their diet can make it a little bit more sensitive. The weather can make it a little bit more sensitive. Uh, and weakness of the hips, everything else. So again, the obvious biomechanical answer is when you have some weakness in your hips, 
it changes loading patterns. So tissues of your lower leg, I don't want to just say knee because we're thinking knee, but it could be even the hip, knee, ankle, foot, or even great toe can take more load. And each tissue in our body could only tolerate so much before it's enough response and then you to go, ouch. So it doesn't always make sense because you have some people running around that look like a big old sloppy wet noodle that they're all over the place and they don't hurt. And then you have people that are like well-oiled machines that are putting in like all this work and they just have a little weakness in their hips and they're having some severe knee pain. So it doesn't always correlate, but it always goes down to basically tissue sensitivity and how much it could hold. And that leads us to the best way to treat. If a tissue is sensitive, make it less sensitive. And some of the best ways of doing it is loading, loading that tissue. So running is one way of loading it, but if running really hurts, then that might not be the best way to strengthen it. So what are some ways we could do it? How about some single leg balance? How about doing some open chain <clears throat> strengthening, even closed chain strengthening, but maybe decreasing the amount on it. So the idea is like Jay said, build calluses, make things stronger, make them less sensitive. And general strengthening is the way to go. Uh, with that, we really didn't talk about good pain or bad pain. Like, I don't think we really touched upon that yet. So a couple pains just in general was your vague ache, your runners with the vague ache. So that, that usually is a good pain that you could kind of push through. But the caveat with that is how long does it last and how long does it take for it to occur? So for example, if you're running 10 feet and it kicks in right away, and then after you run, it stays for a day and a half. That's not good. That's not a good ache to push through. So if you're running and let's say you're putting in five miles and then toward the end, it starts to ache a little bit, but then when you're done and an hour or two later, it settles, that's a good pain. The other pains that you could have is like that burning pain. Most of the time when it's burning pain, suck it up, push through, green light, see what you could handle. Some other pains are sharp. Sharp usually never is a good pain, but the idea is, is it sharp every step, every stride, or is it just every once in a while, I get a little bit of a reminder sharp pain that comes out to me and then it goes away. So if it's constantly every step or every part of your stride, then I would say you might wanna back off and kind of see, maybe is it cut down the mileage, decrease your speed, uh, I really try to make sure I keep my runners on the road. I don't like to say don't run. It's more of how do we modify or scale? I know, Dwayne, you love to hear that. I really believe that. You know, yes. telling, a, telling a runner to go on a bike, what is that? Telling a runner to go swim, we kidded around before. You know, what's that? <laughs> but it's more of kind of scaling back. So <clears throat> a couple of things for you to think about as uh, all you healthy runners out there is how long does it take to hurt? How much does it hurt? And how long does it take to settle? And uh, I guess my guideline to you is if you can get through at least three quarters of your run and then it begins to bother you a little bit, and I would say moderate intensity, that's something that you might, you might wanna think about how long it takes to recover. If you recover quickly within a few hours, good. But if it lingers to the next day, if it lingers to another day, you're definitely overdoing it. If you're having trouble coming up with your own traffic light guide of red meaning stop, yellow meaning modify, and green meaning push through, that's why there's medical professionals out there and we can help coach you and guide you with that. But again, always ask yourself that question. How long does it take for it to stir up and how long does it take for it to settle down?
Oh, that's a such a great point because that is the benefit, guys, of really working with someone who can help you in that decision-making process. So what Jay is really referring to is, you know, that iliotibial band pain that you get on the outside part of your knee when you're going up hills, it may be sharp for an instant and you might feel it throughout your run, but it does go away. But you might not know how much to push through. And if you don't know, then that's where a rehab medical professional can come in. That's, these are the questions that Jay just mentioned that we asked you and it, your answers dependent upon what you answered dictates what the treatment is. So in order for you to actually get rid of your pain, there is no cookie cutter approach, unfortunately. Um, Jay did provide a very nice guideline for you in terms of really looking on when your pain comes on in the run, how long does it last, and then how long does it take to recover, or how quickly does it go away? And that's how we dictate, all of us who work with our runners, on what the next steps are. Do we continue with the plan that you're on? Do we scale back your running a little bit? Or do we actually progress to the next level? As Jay Grimes was talking about before, if we're going to build up 10%, do I say, you know what, that pain was, I'm okay with that pain. That's normal changes for your body to adapt to us, you know, building your long run to nine miles when last week you did eight miles. So those are the questions that we ask and, or even working with honestly, a good run coach will be able to determine. And that's really the value you get in working with someone that can coach you through a lot of that. So thank you so much for clarifying uh, that, Jay. That was, that was helpful. That was very Got helpful. It. Awesome. Anything to add to that, Grimes? No, no, you know, I would kind of reiterate, I think that point on how quickly or, or how hard it is for those symptoms to go away or to return to baseline. I think majority of folks focus on the onset and they don't, and sometimes they're, they're either pissed off or they're frustrated or at that point they're done. So they kind of stop paying attention to that other part of it. Like how quickly does it go away or back to baseline and, and it, with how much effort, right? Like, did you have to do a lot? Like, do you have to sit there and like commit to, you know, stretches or exercises or icing or anti-inflammatories or, Hey, if you just kind of go about your normal daily activities, does this kind of quickly just escape, you know? And, and so I think a lot of us just focus on that. Well, I was only two miles into my run and it came on, or I'm only 20 minutes in and it comes on. Um, but it is very important and it's very informative as far as management to know about that, that second piece of it, you know, how quickly does it go away and with how much effort. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's a key. Uh, you know, I think some of this gets into the question of, um, you know, again, like when do we push through the pain and, and when should we just kind of do something about it modify the plan or whatever else? Uh, I think Jay hit a lot of key points there. I think it's important to, to just emphasize that it doesn't need to be pain free necessarily. Like I think a lot of times folks coming back from injury think, you know, that, you know, they've been told or they believe that that run's got to be pain-free, completely pain-free. Sometimes that, that just isn't going to happen quickly enough. Um, so I don't think it has to be pain-free, but I think it's got to be a low-level pain that does not linger very long, right? A lot of people look in that first 48 hours, but I, I agree with Jay's point that if it's still there or still worse a day and a half later, that, that's, a, that's a big chunk of time, right? So I think certainly pay attention to what happens in that, you know, hour to 48 hours afterwards. Um, you know, think about how some of these injuries kind of feel better once you get moving, right? Like 
I'm convinced I, I have something going on in my knee that, that with a little bit of experience, I think it could be like a meniscal injury. And I'm like cutting my grass and my, my yard is, is a little bit unlevel and my knee hurts. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be able to go for that run. That's just me looking for an easy excuse to not, you know, not get on the road and go for the run. Right. I just cut my grass and now my knee hurts. I'm not going for my run. Honestly, I go for the run and my knee feels great. My knee feels better during the run. And then following the run, I have most of the time I have no pain. So I'm like, you know, some of these things and not all injuries, not all pains, but some of them will get better with that activity, with the running, and then hopefully better afterwards. Some of them don't. I mean, I certainly know that I've had some of those bouts of patellofemoral pain where like every heel contact, every foot contact, it's like, yeah, that, that knee hurts and that's that sharp pain. And, and let me give that, give that some time and it'll be good. Um, yeah. And I always just use a very simple, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, you need to do the hip exercises that uh, Meyerson was talking yeah. about to get rid of that telephoral pain, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 talking about practice, what you preach, I, I do have some areas yet that I can, uh, can, can do a better job fulfilling my end of the deal, for sure. Um, I use a simple litmus test, you know, walking. Like, hey, if you cannot walk without a limp, without a manageable discomfort, if it's untolerable, then you're probably not ready to run, right? If you're limping around when you're walking, you know, running is only more complex. So if you can't walk without a limp and without pain that's that's tolerable for you, you're not ready to run. But if you can walk and there's no pain or there's very little pain and you're not limping, then you're probably right. Simple test, simple little litmus test. But if you're hobbling around when you're walking, uh, you're probably not going to be ready to go out there and uh, and get your miles in. Hey, Dwayne. No, that's it. Yeah. You got a functional exercise for Jay. Um, just so I can watch your mechanics. Why don't you mow my lawn a couple times and then we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, where you break. Hey, down. No, thanks. I'm busy. I'm busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Myerson, you said two important points that, you know, I love one was that you don't need to stop running in order to actually yeah. heal from injuries. And then two is you mentioned closed chain. So for those who aren't aware what that means, what Jay is talking about is actually strengthening your muscles with your foot on the ground like you are when you're running. So that's what kind of closed chain means. Your foot is actually contacting the ground. And that is so important. You know, that's part of my spark blueprint, if you will, the five tips for healthy running. You have to strengthen on one leg, right? So you're standing on one leg. That is why there are many exercises in the brand new healthy runner strength program that are on one leg. So that will help activate, strengthen, these hip muscles that we're talking about that Grimes needs to be doing is strengthening <laughs> on one leg, strengthening his side hip muscles, his gluteus medius muscle. Um, th that is what I designed the program for. And just to give a quick little plug here, guys, if you're listening to this and you're listening to this in Facebook or on YouTube, on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel, then you have four days to get into this program. It's going to close on Thursday for the early bird discount. And then we're closing it down. We will open it up in 2021, but it's going to be $100 more. So get in on this early bird discount. Many people have already jumped on board. I've been delighted to see how many people have jumped into this program. If you guys are watching this on Facebook right now and you haven't heard about the program and you want to know more, just type in strong into the comment box below. I will send you all the information and get you the details to get you signed up before we close it on Thursday. All right. So guys, we're getting down to the final stretch here. So the final stretch is where we kind of close down the show. And I want to know from you, if you can change one thing about the misconception of pain 
what would that be? I wish there was more education out there to tell people that, that running is not going to lead to horrific arthritis. And if you have arthritis, it means that you shouldn't run. That's not true. Um, groups like yours, uh, the healthy runner is kind of like that breath of fresh air that could ask any question that you could ever possibly think for a runner. And it also kind of works as more of a support group as well, too, that people could kind of share their stories and, uh, hear what's worked for others. So, uh, I wish, I wish more people would have access to this type of information. Grimes? Yeah, I, I um, yeah, you know, I, I'll follow up on that kind of more in agreement. And um, I just think educating um, society a, a, a little bit better about our current understanding of pain, um, trying to move away from medication management as the, as the primary route of managing pain and, and trying to utilize more of the exercise approach and just healthy lifestyle. Um, I think uh, we've gotten too comfortable just popping pills as a society. Uh, we've, we've all known kind of where we ended up with, uh, with opioids and, and the problems that, that have really been catapulted into society as a result of, of kind of too much dependence on that approach. I think education goes a long way. And a comment I made before that just a, a basic understanding of pain does not have to be a scientific, medical, biological, but just a basic understanding of pain. Um, things like it, it does, it's not related to amount of tissue damage. And there's many more, many more factors at play um, that goes on to this, this very unique and very individualized experience of pain that we all, uh, we all encounter. Love what you're doing. Love what you're doing for everyone and, and particularly this running community getting good education out there that includes this, this understanding or this better understanding of pain. And, um, you know, we don't have to be afraid of it. We don't want to ignore it, but we don't have to be afraid of it either. Nice. I love that. Don't be afraid of pain. I like how that you mentioned about, um, you know, popping pills. And even earlier, I know you mentioned about taking like anti-inflammatory. So I still do come into contact with runners that take ibuprofen all the time, Advil, Motrin after all their runs. Um, that you should not be doing um, in the long term. So there are better strategies. There are better actionable exercises, things that you can do for your body so you don't have to take those um, medications. So great point there. In this episode, if you guys are just jumping on here, J&J, &J, J Squared here, dropped some great knowledge on what pain is, why do we hurt. Um, so if you're just checking that out now, you're going to want to like go back to the beginning here and really talked about that it is a perception that we feel and it is different for everyone. And it's not the actual tissues that are damaged, whether it's, we talked about arthritis, so whether it's the cartilage that's worn away in your joint, we talked about some soft tissue injuries like iliotibial band, or if you have a tendonitis, right? So it's not those actual tissues. And then they really highlighted, I like these other factors or we call them contextual factors. And we talked about all of that plays a role in pain and why do some people have pain? Why do others don't? And then we actually, uh, Meyerson gave a great little uh, talk about what is good pain and what is bad pain. So when should we stop running? When should we keep going? So thank you guys so, so much uh, for coming on here. I know we do have a lot of medical professionals here within our healthy runner community. We have a lot of physical therapists within our healthy runner community. So if there are any runners out there, guys, who have learned something today, they want to learn more. How can they learn more and find out 
all the great work that the two of you are doing uh, with Partners for Rehab Excellence. All right, so to all you rehab professionals out there, that's the personal trainers, athletic trainers, physical therapists, chiropractors, nurse practitioners, anyone in the medical field, or if you just want to learn more, www.partners4rehab.com. We have a free course that we've been created just for you. This course is called Demystifying Chronic Conditions Through Understanding Pain. What that means is we're gonna give you three hours of interactive PowerPoint, do-it-yourself, follow it on your own, self-paced lectures to learn more about pain, what it is and how to treat it. The big thing about what I'm saying is it's free. We're not asking anything from you. Again, www.partners4rehab.com. Click on courses, check it out. And I hopefully you could take this knowledge and bring it with your patients, clients, or even yourself. Yeah, shoot us any, uh, feel free anytime, shoot us any emails with any questions you might have. You can get to us directly through the website. Um, there's even a chat function there. If you're looking at the, if you're looking at the course, you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, Jay and I are both accessible uh, through email and, and available to chat if any other questions come up and if we can help, you know, with your understanding of pain or, or your, uh, your management of, of painful conditions, you know, and then yourself as a runner or anyone else you might know. And if you're a clinician out there, I cannot um, speak highly enough about these gentlemen. As you heard from today, they know their stuff. And I've taught continuing education courses with them. Um, I know they have a lot of plans in the works for you. This is kind of a beginning adventure for them. And so if you want to know more and you want to learn and grow and be a better clinician um, from these guys, jump on their email list um, so you can find out when they are going to teach some courses in the future. Trust me, like I learned something from them. Like every single time I talk to them, I learned stuff tonight. Um, so again, guys, I thank you so much for coming on. Um, I appreciate you uh, taking your time to educate us all in our Healthy Runner community. Thank you, Dwayne. This is yeah, awesome. Thank you. It was, uh, it, it, was, it was a fun time. Definitely was a highlight for the evening. And uh, like I said, I, I don't know why it took so long to, to make this happen, but uh, we'll chalk it up to just making sure you had a, you had a good thing going and, and we'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> Yeah, let's try to get you back on before we get to triple digits on the podcast. Let's not you know, wait till we get to episode 100 and something. Why don't you save 100? Save 100 for us. That'll be uh, the go. centennial. That'll be nice. <laughs> nice. We'll have a big celebration together. There you go. Like we there we you need go. some beverages, though. I know Sounds Myerson's good. our craft beer guy, so uh, hopefully he'll have something uh, for us next time we meet on the show. Sure. Just let me check my calendar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for jumping on the Facebook live and listen on the podcast or you caught the replay on the spark your training YouTube channel. Remember every Monday night, 8 PM, we go live within the healthy runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule so you can get your running questions answered next episode. We are having Rachel on the show again. As I mentioned, we're doing yoga running. Um, we're going to teach you some actionable breathing strategies that you can do during your runs. Um, I know I'm going to need this one. I'm going to be listening to her tips. So thank you again, guys. Remember, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. 
Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcast? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the spark your training youtube channel also if you like the content in this podcast then you will like the community even better head over to our healthy runner free facebook group so you can get all the bonus content blog articles and get your questions answered by myself and our team of healthy runner coaches the fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at Spark Your Training. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.